a real indicator of like whether you're on the wrong path is if you have like hobbies or things you like doing or creative things you like doing and they disappear. If they disappear, that's a red flag. Hey guys, welcome to Creators Campfire. I'm your host, Bav, and in this week's episode, I sit down with Paul Millard, author of the fantastic book, The Pathless Path, which I read at just the right time because it basically questions this default path that so many of us are on in our careers. And in this episode, Paul spoke to me about what it was that ultimately led him to question his traditional successful career, AKA the default path, and really figure out what it was that he wanted to do with his life. And then he then talked about how we can all figure it out for ourselves so we know what it is that we wanna do with our lives and how we can go about creating that, which I think is such an important conversation for us all to have. And it all starts with questioning the default. Enjoy. First off, Paul, thank you so much for joining me. I'm very, very excited for this conversation because I read your book and actually I I think I messaged you as soon as I'd finished it, but I was just like, damn, this is A, just what I needed right now, but such a good book. So so honestly, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I'm very excited. Definitely excited to be here. I love people that take action and start stuff like this too. So excited to hear about your journey. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I actually, yeah, I had, um, I was speaking to Justin Moore I think it was last week and obviously I was doing doing the usual spiel and then halfway through it, it turned into like this therapy coaching session one-on-one. I was like, Justin, I'm so sorry. I've just turned this on me. He's like, that's cool. That's what these are for. Like, so heads up, that might happen here. Um, but I, I kind of want to take it back before we get into the, like, the book and, and all your learnings and experiences because um, I guess it's important to figure out where you've come from and, and kind of what your upbringing was. And one thing I found really interesting is that you had this obviously massive desire to kind of, actually, I'm not going to pull words in your mouth. What, what I got was that you had this desire to, to, to kind of um, the academic streak and go into the world and, and get this, you know, amazing job and do really well. And what I would consider like the corporate path. Um, but what I found interesting was that wasn't really what your parents or even your family would necessarily had done. Um or even said, set the expectations for you to do. So where did that come from for you? I think, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I, it may, it was more clear to me in my like reflections as I wrote the book. My parents didn't like, they didn't go to college. I read about this in my book and they didn't have like lots of options. Their story they gave me was kind of like do good in school and like everything will be taken care of. It's like generally helpful advice. I was also good at school and they were pretty hands-off once they realized, oh, Paul's pretty self-directed and self-motivated. They just like let me do whatever. Um, And so I didn't have much of an idea of like what I would do in the world until college. Then I got accepted because of a high like entrance uh, test score, SATs. Um, I got into the honors program and I got in with all these people that went to like private schools in Connecticut, had um, parents that had like really high expectations. They had bold dreams. They were already thinking about careers in grad schools and how grades play into that. And I sort of just soaked that up a little. Now, I'd never had the extreme like anxiety people had of like, oh my God, if I don't do these things, like my life's a failure. Never really had that. I don't resonate with a lot of that. And that is very common in these like elite uh, competitive paths. But it was more like, it, like, oh, people around me are pushing towards bold goals. I want to have them too. 
And it was also just a disappointment with the options I had. I did a few internships at Fortune 500 companies, industrial manufacturing type companies, and it was just so boring. Like, there were just too many grown men that were just like accepting that like you should sit around in an office all day and it doesn't matter if anything you do is important or has any meaning or has any tangible effect in the world. I wanted more. And so these prestigious paths of like strategy consulting hit me in two, in two ways. One was like, okay, I could be like an impressive young person. I was an insecure young man. I was like still pretty like socially awkward when I was in college and stuff. And two, I genuinely thought it would be more interesting, like working on these strategy problems, working with a lot of smart people, working on different industries and things. And I think that was mostly right. The thing is, like, I didn't really know, like, I I wasn't thinking at all about, like, what kind of life do I want? At 18 to 25 years old, it's just like, what do I do to be successful? What What comes next? And that's very American, too. Like, American is like, if you're making good money and if you have, like, a good job, like, nobody ever asks you anything else, really. Just like you're assumed to have it figured out. Yeah, I think that's very true. And actually, I think that's that's also probably the mentality I grew up with as well. And it's, it's, it's not really a great mentality. But I guess when you're having those thoughts and you're kind of questioning, like, well, not even questioning, but when you're sitting there going, hang on, this is boring. This is definitely not what I expected. Um, if I put myself in that position, I would probably question myself and go, is there something wrong with me? Like, am I missing something here? Did you ever have those thoughts or were you just like, dude, hang on, this is so not what I expected. Hang on, I just need to get out. After So I failed to break into any of these companies I wanted to work for after college and started applying again a year after I graduated and eventually landed a job at a consulting firm. And at that point, I'd worked at GE for a year and then worked at a consulting firm, McKinsey & Company. I found the experience at McKinsey & Company so incredibly awesome. Like, I really loved it at first. It was so much better. People were faster. People were challenging me. People wanted to help me improve. They invested in training more. Like the perks were really generous. Um, Like I worked with a lot of other young people. We had like lively office conversations for lunch. Like we all worked on like different topic areas. It was really vibrant. I loved those two years. Still those two years are like the best two years I've had of like work, I think. I think the thing I didn't realize is that once you're in that kind of world, everyone around you is constantly aiming towards the next step. So eventually everyone I worked with left that office. It wasn't like I could have just stayed and kept enjoying that. Everyone leaves. There's always new people coming in. People move on to like grad school, more ambitious companies. Like they join global nonprofits. They travel the world, all these things. So everyone in those worlds is like always oriented towards the future. Everything you do in the present is for a trade-off in the future. And so I sort of just like rode the wave. Like I went to grad school, I went to a good grad school, and then I didn't really want know what I wanted to do in grad school. I just ended up going back into consulting. And then years and years of that, it was just like, what do we do? What am I doing? Yes, yes. Okay, J- I just want to pause that because I realized we've gone off and talked about the book. 
this it's this book guys it's the pathless path it's a wonderful nice. wonderful book and i highly recommend it i will Thank link you. it oh <laughs> yes i honestly um I, I will link it in the show notes and under the video description, depending on where you're watching or listening. Um, yeah, so I know you left a bunch with Ali, and I'm incredibly grateful because, <laughs> like I said, it just hit me at just the right time with all the right words. Um, so, okay. So you're kind of now questioning, I guess, in, in like if we, we take where you are at this point, you're questioning why, well, not even why, but like what the purpose is or like if there's no progression, if I don't want to progress here or like... What, what is the point of kind of being on this hamster wheel or whatever? Um, what do you think the options are to you? Because I have definitely been in that position. So a tiny bit of backstory. So I, I worked uh, in the corporate world for ages, uh, background in kind of accounts and data analysis and, and, and that kind of stuff. And I think in the back of my mind, I was doing it, but very similar to you, I was doing it because that was just the path. I was doing it because that's what I was told to do. I'd go to school, I'd go to uni, I'd graduate, I'd go get a job and that that's the life that's kind of tick 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 these boxes but there was always something in the back of my mind that was like hang on there's a nagging feeling this doesn't feel right I'm, I'm constantly yeah, not yeah. fulfilled in some way right and to me it was always like oh I need to progress more I need to progress more I need to progress more I need that job I need that job I'm just not in the right department what are, what were the kind of thoughts that were going into your it through your mind and and yeah how did you deal with them and, and think about what the options were because I didn't think there were any options for me <laughs> same I think my unquestioned assumptions were that I would work full-time for the rest of my life and that there were no other options. Now, they were unquestioned, which means I wasn't even actively thinking about them. So what I was doing was creating a box for myself in which my anxiety could only be answered by getting another job, right? Or like changing my circumstances within the context of full-time employment. So it was like, I didn't know what I didn't know. And now this seems so obvious. I was surrounded by only people that had worked full-time. Everyone in my family growing up had built their lives around full-time employment, stayed employed their entire lives. If people lost their jobs, they freaked out and found any job possible as fast as possible. It was like the worst thing in the world. Nobody really talked about it. And we just kind of pretend like as long as you can stay employed in your whole life, like everything is fine. Yes. Right. So true. So for me, I think the seeds were planted very early. In those internships in college, I looked around and I was like, I don't want to be one of these dudes sitting in a cubicle at 50 years old, kind of being like just passive and grumpy. And that always stuck with me. I think two things that made me really think a little more deeply were losing my grandfather um, and just sort of having that, I think this happens when people lose like with that first person that's important in their life. I was lucky that I didn't really lose anyone until age 25. Um, and I lost him and it just sort of like recentered me and was like, all this work stuff I'm doing is kind of silly. Like relationships are important to me. I really like spending time with people and I value it. Um, and then having a health crisis after grad school. So I basically got a really bad case of Lyme disease and had to take leave of absence from work and basically more or less focused on healing and recovery for two years. And in that time, I sort of had to disconnect from me as a successful person. I was just a blob laying on a bed, like hoping my body healed. And 
sort of ask myself, like, what's my worst case scenario? Worst case scenario is like being with family and I couldn't work for the rest of my life. And it was like, that's not so bad. I have family that would accept me and like care for me and take care of me. It's like, okay, this isn't that bad. The problem was at that point, I didn't have any other (laughs) path or like options for my life. So I just went back into work and I had this creative energy that started like showing up in my life. And it just kept showing up. Like I would write, I would do side experiments. I would like start these career coaching things. I would write about my experiments online. I would like volunteer more. I would like start attending like social events or all these like small things. They seem so obvious now that there was this new kind of energy that was demanding to be heard in my life. And I had finally like decentered work enough to let them blossom. And that really led to me leaving my job, but took probably three or four years. I guess hindsight is a wonderful thing. You're right. We can sit here and go, hang on, that seems so obvious. But in the time, at the moment, in that time, it would have been like, what? So, okay. So what kind of year are we talking? Because I imagine this is a very different landscape to what it's like now, where it would be. 2014 to 2017 was when a lot of like my explorations, mini experiments, and the experiments were super slow. I think one thing people need to realize, today's creator economy, like you work with somebody like Ali, he produces crazy amounts of stuff. He's launching all sorts of things fast. Like there's all these how-to guides of like how to crush it online now. And it's like, it's very clear like what to do. When I was doing this, there were no roadmaps. And I think that was a good thing for me because it was very hard for me to publish stuff. I might publish something once every like three to six months. But it felt good and I wasn't comparing myself to anyone. There were people like Seth Godin doing some stuff online, but there really wasn't this whole ecosystem like there is now. So it let me like find my really slow pace, build confidence very slowly. Even though I had impressive work experience, I was terrified to share my ideas online. What will people say? I was so scared. Um, okay, so I, I wrote just want to on stop here because yeah. I, I think people don't realize that this affects so many people it does, and it doesn't really matter what stage you are. So what was going through? You, you're right. You had all this experience and you absolutely knew what you were talking about. So what was going through your head? I was at Boston Consulting Group in 2014, 2015, and I helped write this like report that was like like supported by the CEO and all these influential partners. I wrote like the majority of the report. I like designed the diagrams. It's it's great reports, transformation report. However, if you go there now, like my name is not even on it. My name is not on it. It's in the notes and acknowledgements, but because they decided to put senior partners names on it because it would get them more publicity and help the firm make more money. The the lesson being you are not old enough, you're not experienced enough, you're not wise enough to share your ideas and put your name on stuff, right? So I really like internalized that. And it was like, who am I to be saying stuff? Um, so you start putting things out there in public. And when you first start creating, your stuff is dumb and stupid. <laughs> this is the thing you I can't know. avoid. <laughs> but you need to like realize that it's all just about like, oh, there might be something worth finding in this. Like there was always a spark for me when I would write and I always knew to like follow that. And like my stuff looking back now is so cringe, but it, I'm so glad like I kept going. 
Yeah, I think they say that you, it, if you don't look back and, and cringe, it means that you haven't grown, right? So it's, it's, it's good that you do that, but you're right, you have to start somewhere. And, and it is gonna be terrible at the beginning, but if you don't do it, you're, you're never, ever, ever gonna improve. Like how would you have become Paul Millard of today had you not started back then, right? <laughs> yeah, I started on Quora. So Quora just has questions. You log in and you put in like your background or interests and it just asks questions. So what I did in 2015 or 2016, I forget, I just decided to answer a question at the beginning of work every day. So I did that for like three months. And in that stretch, I started sharing about my health journey, which I like had written something, but was too scared to write it. And eventually like, what's one of the most impactful things in your life? And I wrote this post and it went viral on Quora and it got like, I don't know, half a million views. Wow. And I was getting comments from all around the world. And people were saying all these like incredible things like, oh my God, thank you for sharing this. This makes me feel heard. Like I, I feel seen. Like this makes me feel better. Keep writing. This is inspiring. Thank you. Um, 99% positive. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm onto something here. <laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of stayed with me for the last six years is like, that's who I write for now. And when people reach out like you about the book, it's amazing. That's better than all the money in the world. That's so it's so cool because I also know the secret, which is like, you're just like me. You're on a similar journey. Like, I'm not special. <laughs> you're on your own amazing journey, and I'm going to learn from people like you, too. That's that, like, honestly, that's so, so cool. Um, and yes, I, I wish I could follow in your footsteps and maybe in a few years I will be where you are. Um, that's, that's very cool. So hang on, so you are obviously now writing online. You now see the purpose. You now see like the benefit of it and, and what it means to you and what it means to other people. But you still are kind of going back to work-ish, right? There's, there's no, hang yeah. on, this is my thing. This is now maybe still a hobby. Like what's the plan at this point in your mind? <laughs> it's shocking how little thought I put into any of this. Like it was at that final job. I worked there for like two and a half years from 2015 to 2017. I just was getting increasingly frustrated. The pace of work there was so slow. I had a manager. I didn't get along with super great and just got increasingly frustrated. I realized also what was happening now was a certain type of burnout, which was a disconnection of like me spending so much time on things I didn't actually care about. And that disconnection at the same time I was having this writing stuff that like I was excited about um, just became too like painful. And I decided to walk away. I didn't decide to walk away and like, oh, I'm going to do this creator and become a writer. It was like, I'm going to become a freelance consultant, which is just an independent version of exactly what I did in my day job. And that's all I had as an imagination. I had no plan. I didn't get my first project for, I didn't get my first paycheck for like three months um, until after I quit my job. Um, yeah, I really had no plan. And it wasn't until I started freelancing and like finding my footing and also like having a little more space in my life in which like the writing stuff was blossoming a little more. Just like I was feeling more energized. I was like, oh, this like feeling, I'm going to keep following this. And that's when it, like, 
about nine months in, I started doing a little more experiments around like, okay, what if I just like spent a month around like my writing and podcast and stopped looking for paid work? And that's sort of when I started giving myself permission to follow this weird path. What does that do mindset wise to you? Because I know one of the other things you talk about is this whole identity we have with being a worker right it's it's like yeah. who, who are you oh i i'm a project manager i'm an accountant i'm a analyst or something how does that kind of fit in here and and yeah how did you navigate that like he- mindset headspace wise it was all coinciding i think becoming self-employed really exposed me to the reality of how much we build our lives around full-time work and how strong that meme can be and how many people believe in it is like the only way to live an adult life. And I, that's when I discovered Andrew Taggart's writing. It was the same time I decided to take that break and orient around writing. And he had this article that said, if work dominated your every moment, would life be worth living? It was like, oh, God, such a heavy question. Most people are like, ah, what a dumb question. I wanted to answer it. And I didn't like my answer. I, I was like, no. So I like I've always had this sort of like burn it to the ground tendency while still being pretty pragmatic about not actually doing that. But I had a good thing going with the freelancing and I was just like, what if I just stopped freelancing for a year? Like I had the sense I wanted to experiment with like non-worker mode. I didn't really know what I would find. And it wasn't until like a year later in which I realized oh, I have tapped into this new mode of being and it's the secret to like everything that might come in the future. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Because I, I guess that that identity thing is, again, if I if I look at myself, I although I left the corporate world, I have just gone straight into another full-time job. Yes, it's a very different, very cool, creative job. But I still, like to me, there was security there still. It's like, oh, I'm I'm working for someone. Um, I still have that I you know I have a job thing and it's still incredibly scary to think of myself going out almost for myself do you have any kind of advice on that that question was a very good question to ask (laughs) I like that question I I might uh, mull over that one after this but um, do you have any advice on kind of overcoming those thoughts or just you know kind of getting comfortable with those thoughts and imagining what life might be and and entertaining that possibility yeah so i think i call this meme first thinking like the meme of i should do my own thing i think we should avoid meme first thinking i would start with like what you actually value and like try to figure out the costs you're actually paying like what do you value where are you lacking it in your current setup and then if you are lacking it what costs are you paying And then are you actually willing to pay those costs? So what I mean by that is, okay, I am giving up a certain amount of freedom. I can't live anywhere I want. I can't like wake up and do what I want most days. Um, And there's a cost there, but am I compensated for that in things I actually value, right? So you might get the learning for you might be incredible. And it'd be like, this is worth it for me. And this is the trick is like, You need to, like, I sense a lot of people when they talk to me, they have these fears of, like, not going to do their own thing or, like, getting stuck in a job. 
However, like their current situation, they actually like, right? So the key is like just making sure you have some sort of reflection exercise such that you can keep opting into your path, right? A lot of people I'll talk to, I'll say, okay, if you're in this same situation 10 years from now, how do you feel? They're like, terrible. No, can't do that. But I'm like, if you're there three months from now, they're like, oh, not bad. I'm still learning. Probably pretty good. Right. So it's really just paying attention to like when that when the things you actually value and you're getting compensated for the costs you're paying actually start disappearing. I really like that. You're right. There's 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 time periods, right? Uh, uh, Yes. Three months from now, this is totally cool. A year from now, this might be totally cool. But hang on. What do I want in three, five years, 10 years time? And I've always struggled when it's just like, what do you want in five years or 10 years time? But I like the almost reverse engineering. If you're still doing what you're doing in that time, how would you feel? I think that's probably an easier question for me to to think about. I like that. Yeah, and I think, yeah, it's such a strong meme of like, do your own thing, right? And often what people really want is like a break from working most days, right? So there's probably an easier way for you to like sample or experiment and like take two months off and then come back rather than going all in. I think I'm just the kind of person that likes to rip the bandaid and jump into the deep end. (laughs) Um, And that's not for everyone. I get way less stressed about uncertainty than most other people. So if you have the very strong need for some sort of certainty, like you shouldn't follow my path. (laughs) That's that. Yeah, that's a very good point. Cause even when you said take two months off, I was like, what? No. (laughs) So yeah, I'm totally the opposite at the end of the spectrum. Um, Okay. I just want to, this is not the direction I'd quite had planned, but I'll come back to the other stuff because I think this is really interesting. There's one, I'm going to stay on the selfish me for a second. There's there's this thing that always nags me, right, of, of this unfilled potential, unfulfilled potential. Um, and it's that conversation you have with yourself of like, is it, do, do I want to work for someone else or do I want to go and do my own thing? Am I just scared of doing my own thing? Um, yeah. And that's why I'm putting up. Am I just comfortable in my current job? I still know that there's there's something I can do. How How would someone like, I say someone, this is clearly me, but how would someone navigate that kind of um, thought process or conversation? Honestly, I'd unpair the labels you're giving it and the actions. You're already doing your own thing. We're literally doing it right now. You have your own (laughs) Um, t-shirt. You have a sick setup. You have your own mic. Uh, you're, You're doing it and you're making it work in addition to the other stuff. Like, which means you still have the energy to do it. So, like, if I reflect back, I started doing my own thing in 2014. I didn't quit my job until 2017. But I only quit my job because I had done enough small little things that gave me a minor level of confidence that, like, take quitting my job was such a minor event for me. It sort of just emerged and it seemed obvious, right? So don't force these things. You're you're already doing your own thing. (laughs) That's (laughs) like like you're 
But you're farther ahead on the creative stuff than I was two years into my solo journey. That's actually quite, yeah, I've never thought of it like that. That is, actually says mind blow me a little bit. Um, <laughs> that's actually, shout out, I'm trying to keep your employees, Ali, <laughs> if he watches this. Yeah. Um, Talent he's trying retention to get here. <laughs> he's paid you, hasn't he? Um, <laughs> that's, that, actually, yeah, sorry. You've, I've taken a second because actually that's just such a good way of, of looking at things. I'm, I think I'm naturally a pessimistic person. Um, and just that reframing though, hang on, you're, you're so right. Like I have a cool job. I get to work with, you know, YouTubers and Ali and, and all this stuff and have all this flexibility that I didn't have before. And I get to do the podcast and a YouTube channel on the side. Everything else will come in time, whatever it is. And I'll figure it out along the way. Um, that's cool. Thank yeah. you for my mini therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> Pe people get into these. I think there's a real trap of like having indefinite things in your head that you might want to do that you're sort of making a decision to not make a decision, right? And sometimes it just helps to choose. I think like people will be like, uh, I kind of want a home. Me and my wife have sort of decided, okay, we're going to actively decide for the next few years. We're not even thinking about that. We're going to take that option off the table, right? So in the sense of like having this idea in your head, you're spending time thinking about, should I quit my job? Should I quit my job? Should I quit my job? It might be better to choose that like, okay, for the next year, that's not even something I'm going to think about, right? And then you're committing by saying no to something, you're committing to something else. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, Ali, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, that's, that's, that's very good. You're right. There's just, yeah, no, thank you. That was, that was very, very helpful. Well, and the environment has changed. I think the meme of doing your own thing has really taken off. And it's gotten into people's head that like, this is something they should do. I didn't have this when I left. Everyone thought I was stupid. <laughs> That's a fair point. So it's right, like it's more reversed. <laughs> yeah. Um, at least with like people in our age cohort, it's become more of a thing. Um, but like I talk to different kinds of people and like I talk to people like me and they're so sure they're not asking for advice. They're just like, I'm leaving in April. It has to happen. There's no time. But like now, <laughs> I can't do another day. We're, we're burning the boats. Like we're never going back and like give me tips on how to approach this. That's a different kind of person. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is very, very true. Um, okay, sorry. Enough about me. I want to circle back to you. Um, I Okay, so I kind of want to talk more about what your what your life kind of looks like now and then maybe then backtrack to the book because I, I absolutely want to come back to the book journey um but like what does what does a typical day in, in Paul Miller's life look like what what kind of I guess you're you're living the life that you want to live what what does that look like and mean to you yeah it so I structure my life around six week work blocks now and take every seventh week off for reflection and non-doing time nice. so <laughs> I've been focusing these six weeks on like, okay, I'll pick like two to five priorities and that's what I focus on. 
Uh, right now, I am focused on I'm building like some cohort um, based courses for corporations. So I'm getting stuff ready for that. And I'm kind of like making some investments. I love that stuff. I love learning new things and like challenging myself and trying to get better. Um, so it's a bit of that. That's probably like five or six hours a week. I just relaunched my podcast. So that's probably like three or four hours a week. Um, yeah. And then just random stuff. It's I basically just have an ongoing list of like things I'd be excited and energized to do. And then I just try and knock them out. Um, the consulting and strategy you like stuff is what pays the bills mostly. Um, and then it's just like continuing to like say yes to experiments, tweaking things. Every week is different. Every day is different. Today I did a call with one of my clients and then I did a live curiosity conversation on YouTube before this. Now I'm having a call with you. And then after I'm going to play pickleball in the park with my three aunts, all of which are retired. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So that's fun. Um, Yesterday was more full. Um, The morning, I didn't really have anything going on. And then I started working at like one. I had a call with a friend. I had a call with another person around like online learning stuff. Um, I had uh, a coaching call with somebody helping me with email marketing and then somebody helping me with the design stuff um but all like super chill and super friendly it was great um yeah it's like random days some days i have like nothing going on and i do like one or two hours of work maybe but yeah i don't know if that answers the question no it absolutely does it raises lots more which which is fun um how do you like okay so one of the things that i worry about again i'm nowhere close to going full-time content creation or anything like that on my own but one of the things I worry about is losing that structure and that routine and it sounds like you don't necessarily and I don't mean this in a mean way you don't necessarily have that hey I'm gonna work you know Ryan Holiday style four hours in the morning and then the rest of the day it's like I will see how my days come up how my weeks like fall how do you still maintain that kind of balance and some kind of semblance of structure knowing that you're going to get things done where you know you don't have those I don't know, working blocks or or whatever. From the beginning of my journey, I was always relentless about avoiding things that would drain my energy or I wasn't excited to do. So I really designed like almost everything I start around being able to quit it pretty quickly. So I don't, I do not enjoy starting out something fresh with like, how do I maximize success? I really design almost everything I start with like how could I quit and cut the cord as quick as possible um I don't want to create complexity and things I don't enjoy doing in my life so I I really was relentless about that and I was able to be relentless because I knew I didn't want to recreate my past 10 years on my career path so I think a couple things are tailwinds for me like I just love ideas I could read about stuff and write stuff and post on Twitter and create videos all day. It turns out that that is like a way to make money and make a living in the world. I've I've created four courses. I've only really actively tried to sell one of them. But like there's so much fun to create. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever, do you ever like, have that like 
oh, this isn't work. I should be doing like yeah. work. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. I don't have that. I love that. I've always, I always, <laughs> I tried to like escape that. And like, I always thought that was nonsense. Like I didn't grow up with that. I, I don't know. Maybe I grew up around that vibe, but like, I was always just like default skeptical of like thinking we need to work. I don't think like, see people simplify it. They take it as like, we all need to work. And what that really means is like, we need to contribute and be part of society. 100% yes. But what they do is then twist it to, you need to work, which also means you need to work a full-time job. You need to work a full-time job for all your adult life, most weekdays of the year and most weeks of the year. I don't buy that. I think most people should find some way to contribute. Um, and I think it matters. Our modern society does make it hard for hundreds of millions of people to actually contribute because they need to access certain types of paid employment. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's important. Um, but I never have the idea. Like, I do enough stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't think I need to, like, max my potential or work effort or anything like that yeah no I think that's a really cool mentality I think that's something I struggle with because even and I'm sure like lots of people do this but you know with the standard nine to five not that my hours are nine to five but like you're kind of sitting there and you're almost doing the hours for the sake of doing the hours and taking the box right it's like I, I should be working therefore I'm just going to sit staring at my computer for an hour even though I'm like not actually working and not doing anything else um versus like if you just took an hour break like there's probably no difference or doing something else i think that, yeah that i think that's a a mindset that we just kind of have in that you work nine to five or the equivalent and that's when you're at your desk or whatever and then anything outside of that is your time yeah it's a it's a rather new thing we've had capitalism for like four or five hundred years and we've had this like modern office industrial worker for like a hundred years it's like <laughs> Totally made up. We can remake it again. Let's do that. That would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I guess I, I've skipped a, a big chapter, um, and there's probably a very exciting chapter, is is the, the kind of going from writing is still a hobby or it was just starting to flourish to like living the life that you're living now. What were the kind of things that, obviously you, you've mentioned the, the, the Cora post, but what, what were the things that kind of took off and how did your... Um, kind of journey go in those I don't know I guess couple of years yeah I mean what kind of life do you think I'm living like I, what do you mean by that <laughs> what, what, what I mean is I guess you like look again looking from the outside in you and from what you've just said you have this you don't have the the corporate job right you are doing you 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 make the rules you do the work you want to do when you want to do it and you, I don't know, get to travel and do all the digital nomad stuff as and when you want to. Um, and you get to create content on online is what I'm seeing from the outside versus the where you were still consulting. I guess consulting is probably slightly different because you'd started to freelance. Um, but obviously you had to build that up. And like I said, coming back to you, you wrote a book in, in the process. Uh, I don't want to, and I have glance over the fact that you wrote a, a book, which is very, very cool. So yeah, it's just kind of those those steps that went from, hey, I'm, I'm writing because I've realized that this is really cool and I really love it to hang on, this is a bigger thing to now I've realized 
that life wasn't for me. I'm happy now. Yeah. It, so it, it still feels weird um, is the short answer. It feels normal and it feels weird. Like every day is a weird experience. Like I'm constantly like, I always do think about like, I don't really know what I'm doing and um, trying to figure out the next steps and those kind of things. At the same time, I do like this feels normal now. So it feels totally natural. Like I'm constantly figuring it out. I'm making money in different ways. I'm trying different experiments. But like, I think the question you're asking is like, you sort of like, quote unquote, made it as like a writer. Like that doesn't feel real yet. Like I've just been writing consistently and just happened. Like my book was like a synthesis of like what I had been already writing about and what I had already thought. Um, the writing project was incredible. It was a, like an amazing way to like do something I had sort of tested that I actually liked. I really like writing. That's why I decided to write a book. Um, I didn't really care about the outcome. I just wanted to share it with people like you who might be like, oh, hell yeah, this makes sense. Um, yeah, the but like I can't sustain my life on like writing yet. And I don't see myself as like a writer, um, like big W writer. I, I more see myself as sort of the same thing is like I'm continuing to try different things. I don't really know what the mix is. Like maybe for me, the mix is really always a changing mix. And that's what gives me a lot of energy. Actually, that's, that's a good point. Because again, I, <laughs> I always do things in either extremes or like black and white. It, it's not, hey, I was, I was a full-time worker and now I'm like uh, a full-time writer or whatever. It's, hey, I'm doing some cool things and it's a mix of things. And that's what keeps it exciting, right? Is I'll do this sort of stuff now. I'll take on that project. I'll do a bit of consulting as and when I feel like it. And that's what makes it a, a fun life for me. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a constant, like, there's sort of a lag. Like, every time you, like, shift to, like, a new level on the self-employment path, there's no promotion. Nobody's realizing you're getting a raise or anything. Um, you sort of have to, like, reflect and pause to, like, look back and say, like, oh, I did reach this new level of confidence or comfort or capability. I need to celebrate that. I've been trying to do that more in the last year. Like, I was really scared of being more ambitious. Like, I... I used to look at people like Ali and like other creators who are very ambitious and be like, Oh, I, I couldn't do that. Now I'm like, not so sure. I think I've just found my footing out of like being able to do things I actually like doing. And like, I've pushed the edges. I'm like, I wouldn't even use the word ambitious. It's more like, how do I be more boldly? What I already, who I already am or like, what I already know I like doing. Like the book project really pushed me beyond my capabilities. It was hard, it was challenging, but it was one of the most rewarding projects of my life. So how could I keep being ambitious in that way, right? And the whole reason I wrote, chose to write my, write my book is because somebody was like, you should scale your course to like a cohort-based course. And if you do all these impressive launches, I'm sure you know all about this, like it would succeed. And I was like, I have enough business sense to know that like they were exactly right. But then the question was like, what would I do if I made more money? It was like, Oh, I'd write. It was like, okay, I should spend the year writing a book then. Right. Um, so I'm constantly trying to do that. And then like this past year, I have been a little more ambitious and it's just kind of funny to be like, Oh, like I did that and I'm fine. I didn't create a job for myself. I'm still, I've like my footing. Um, 
So, and this is a reason to like, just be aware of your circumstances. The longer, I think I write in the book, the longer you spend in a path that's not yours, the longer it will take you to find a path that is. Right. And what I mean by that is not like in your situation where you might be liking what you're doing and challenge and like a real indicator of like whether you're on the wrong path is if you have like hobbies or things you like doing or creative things you like doing and they disappear. If they disappear, that's a red flag. And a lot of things started disappearing in my path. And then when they started to reemerge, I just had so much unlearning to do of like you're not you're not old enough to do these things you're not experienced you don't have the right title all these things yes uh actually that yeah that definitely resonates because like, like i said i i'd almost grown up being told what my path in life was and it it wasn't questioned it was just this is what you will do and it took me until i don't know 25 26 27 to even start to question those to even start to question if it was a question almost and to go, yeah. hang on, what is, what is going, because like you said at the beginning, it's like, you don't know what you don't know, right? You don't know that you can question these things. You don't know that there's an alternative. Um, yeah. A lot of people do this too. They'll say like, I know I, sh- I know I have a good job or I know I have good pay and I shouldn't complain. It's like, why are you gaslighting yourself? It's like, you don't, nobody's, like don't gaslight yourself not good um like pay attention to what you're feeling there's stuff there right the obvious explanation might not come up right away you might need to do like it might take you a while to like figure out what's really beneath that um but don't gaslight yourself if you don't like a situation it's probably telling you something it might not be telling you to quit but it might be telling you that like something's missing yeah no it's so true because yeah, yeah, yeah. I just a hundred percent. You, you, you. I think you absolutely. I'm rambling now, but yes. What I'm saying is, I, I completely, completely agree. So, kind of going back to to, a, to the earlier point that you were, the previous point you were making of of knowing, sorry, in in regards to you and kind of what you're doing now and where you were saying, hang on, if I had more money, I would just write. So why don't I write now? I guess it's it's about knowing when enough is enough, right? It's about, and it kind of reminded me of the. I think this is a proper story, the Mexican fisherman <laughs> story that always pops into my head of like, you like, why would I go and earn a crap ton of money just to come back here and do this thing? And it's like, know when you're enough is enough. If you're just making money, like if I was just making money to do a podcast, it'd be like, why don't you do a podcast while you're, you know, doing X, Y, and Z, right? Yeah, I, I think like I saw a remix on this story recently and it was asking the question of like, why are we even fishing? Okay. <laughs> Is there a bet, right? So like you can go you can go deeper. Right? You can keep asking the deeper questions. Right? It but yeah, I I think it does come down to like what is enough. And that's a very like western mindset versus like a more traditionalist mindset of work of like I'll just do get what I need to meet my needs. Right? And these questions are very hard to figure out. But it's worth asking like what is enough like I wrote out a definition and it's something I go back to and read and I've found that really helpful but it's so hard in today's world the default of today's world is more and bigger 
Yes. So if you don't like that, you have to like be very vigilant about your own definition. Yes. That's a very, very good point. And I think that's a wonderful point to end on. Um, guys, if you're watching or listening wherever this, I highly recommend this book for anyone. Um, <laughs> so many shout outs to the book. Oh, I appreciate I, I it. I honestly love it. I, I just, it just really hit home. Um, there's a bunch Amazing. of highlights in there. So yes, uh, Paul, thank you so much for taking the time out and coming to talk to me. This has been wonderful and for giving me a mini therapy session twice. <laughs> Amazing. This is what I love doing. Um, I love these kind of convos. I appreciate you daring to put your um, creative energy out into the world. I think it's one of the most important things in life. So thank you too. Thank you very much. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, I'd love if you left me a comment below if you're watching on YouTube or left me a review over on Apple Podcasts. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next one. Bye guys.